I can stack them hundreds to the roof. I ain't stopping till they stack to the moon. Without me, my family wouldn't have food. Anybody go against me, gotta lose. What is up, guys? You're listening to the MF CEO Project. I'm Andy. I'm your host, and I am the motherfucking CEO. Guys, today we got a great show for you. Uh, we've got a couple of guests, a couple of guests. Um, but before we get into that, you guys know that we do a lot for the entrepreneur community, and I wanted to let you guys know that I appreciate your support. Um, the reason I don't run 15 ads uh, before the show starts and we just get right into it is because I don't want to bore you, even though I could make a lot of fucking money doing it. Um, but, but I do ask something from you, and I ask that. If you enjoy the content of this show, if you get something out of this show, which I guarantee you, you will, I ask that you share it. Uh, tell a friend, tell someone who's like-minded, tell someone who's trying to get something going, uh, and turn them on to the show. That's all I ask. It's free otherwise. All right, guys. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Vaughn, the pastor of disaster, DJ DJ God. What's going on, my man? Things are good, man, but I do feel like it's been forever since we've had a like a truly full-length podcast. I know we had the last one. You said that last full-length podcast. I know, podcast. but it still That's feels the same like thing we, we got said. so much going on. You, you I stuff. think you're the kind of dude that thinks about the things that- I just enjoy the, the time that, so much. No, I think you say things on the podcast, because like I don't even remember what the fuck I say. People are like, oh, Andy, yeah, whenever you say, I'm like, which one was that? I think you right. actually analyze yourself for like months after every single one. It's because of how efficient I am. I break down game film on everything. Your game, you're filming. I break your, down my you're game down film. your own film. Yeah, is yeah. it? You are getting better, dude. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, ever since Tyler told me that, I said, uh, uh, and what was the other thing, Tyler? I, I it's used all to those be, times you said the f word. Right. In I, front had, of God. I had to cut all that out. But, yeah. uh, but no, man, I like doing this. So I feel like we haven't been doing it as frequently because of all the stuff going on and that whole thing about you having a day job. Yeah, I got to do actually you know? do have a real job. So, My job isn't just to uh, produce content and post pictures on fucking Instagram. Oh, you mean I actually not, run a real company? You're not a information. <laughs> what do they call those? Information entrepreneur broker. Yeah, you don't. You, you mean you don't make your money selling programs on programs how to make money? On how to make money? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe yeah. I should start that. It seems it's to be working for people. Crazy. I got to tell you, I'm, I'm not gonna you know get ahead of ourselves here, but I'm I'm pretty excited. About I know you are, and yeah. I know why too. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know why I'm an too. old guy. No, no. So we have we have two guests. One of them is awesome. The other one is my brother. Okay, <laughs> um, Sal is going to join us, but we do have a really cool guest in the studio. But not for the reason that I'm about to say. All right, the reason Vaughn is excited is because Vaughn is the world's biggest basketball nerd. I'm a okay, nerd. Yeah. so. We Unfortunately, have, I don't really play basketball that well, but you know. You don't say. Yeah. Doesn't so, surprise me. So, yeah. so <laughs> dude, so we have our good buddy Jay Irving, who's an amazing entrepreneur, uh, been involved in the music industry, an investor in Uber and Spotify, early investor. I've uh, done a lot of cool things. We're going to talk about that, but he's he's happens to be the son of... Julius, Dr. J. Irving, which some of these young guys and girls don't, you know, they, they're they're not informed. Come on, dude. Everybody knows Dr. J. That's true. They do. But but uh, they don't know that like in 83, you know, the the Philadelphia 76ers, Dr. J. Moses Malone just steamrolled the Los Angeles Lakers 
Four, uh, what, 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 isn't that right? Four, four to zero? I'm pretty it sure it sweet. was. So, dude, in the, so in the I NBA can promise finals. you, I can promise you, no bullshit, that he didn't Google that. He like pulls out, <laughs> these, he pulls out these fucking basketball right. facts out of the air all the time. Now, and funny but, thing is, I, I, I will say this. Funny thing is, as accomplished as your dad is, to be honest with you, so I was, I was eight when, when that, the NBA, well, I think it was 81 or 83, something like that. 83. 83. Uh, I was eight. The overwhelming uh, memory in my mind is an ad that he did for Chapstick. Oh wow! Did do you know that? Right? Yeah, I remember that. Like, because kids ran up to him and said, "Dr. J," and he said, "No, it's Dr. Chapstick now," and it was awesome. <laughs> no, like, uh, no, seriously, it was it was kind of the weirdest idea for a for an ad, but it was Dr. J, so it worked. No, dude, you know? the best ad I've seen. This reminds me. What's the name of the company? I'm gonna give him a plug. The the shirt company. No, no, no. That that shirt company. Mizen Maine. Was it? Mizen and Maine. Maine. The JJ Watt spot for Mizen and Maine is probably one of the most genius advertising pieces I've, I've seen, seen ever. People who people will know what I'm talking about because it's fucking hilarious. But anyway, Sal was going to say something what? before I so rudely interrupted. And then- I was going to actually give you a small compliment. Oh, small. Some boys do not give they, compliments. You, you are often. not like uh, Jay. Th- this guy can actually spit NWA. He can do some early Dre. I, I can do. He can do yeah. some Tupac. Like you, yeah. this pastor of I, disaster. And this, well, it's a beard. <laughs> it's a I beard. Have you seen the movie Office Space? I have not. Oh, you never seen the movie Office Space? There's, I know the part you're talking about. Yeah. Or the dude's driving his car. Dude's driving his car. <laughs> this dorky white guy's driving his car, and he is just banging hardcore rap, fucking getting it. And you know, a guy pulls up next to him, and he like rolls his window up real. That is Vaughn. Well, he gets in his if, Scion if, if or whatever it is you drive. If truth be known, my entire rap knowledge is about ten percent. NWA and Eazy-E, and about 90% Christian rap. Christian <laughs> rap? No, I'm Christian serious. Rap? Like, there's Christian what rap. What do they rap about? Uh, like, not having sex? What? No, for real, dude. <laughs> no, I'm like, literally, like, they rap about abstinence. I haven't had sex in so long. Like, I gotta get a new dog. No, it's just <laughs> I mean, I, it's, it's the truth. Look it up. But uh, they're, uh, they're dude, like I'll, literally raps I'll stay about regular. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like hip hop barbecue. Yeah, good. So, no, so dude, but uh, so um, why don't you run through some of the yeah intro for for uh, for Jay? Well, you you uh, you hit some of it, but basically, just a super successful executive in the music industry. You worked with some companies called Adam Adam Com- Adam Company Maverick uh, Management. You in the talent management business. Serial entrepreneur, angel investor, early investor, Spotify, Uber. Um, you know, I was reading some awesome articles about you about how the way that you choose what you're interested in is, and that this we really resonate with this is is kind of the convergence of not only your entrepreneurial spirit, but but also the things that you really care about, like charitable issues and stuff like that. So, um, you know, the NBA legend dad is cool, but super excited to have you yourself here, and we're. Yeah, we got a Thanks lot for to talk about. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. Anything you want to add about yourself? Uh, I'm a parent. Father of yeah. three is probably yeah. the toughest thing that I do. Yeah. Um, uh, three teenage kids. I'm not in the woods like my buddy over here, but yeah, you know, I'm uh, I'm kind of in different woods now, dealing with teenagers. Yeah. That's you, the most fun what thing. What are those woods like? It's just different. You're just dealing with different. You're dealing with smoking pot and yeah. sex and, you know, <laughs> just different uh, am I allowed to talk about sex? Yeah, no, absolutely. 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 Apparently, like his that. ears are going to catch on fire. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, just dealing with different, significantly different issues. But it's yeah. cool because it's like, you know, now, 
you know, they're like my homies. Like we, you know, we talk about whatever. I'm very open with them. My parenting style is like, you know, come home and let's figure it out. And you know, yeah. you don't have to lie or sneak or you know any of that stuff. So right. So do you? Are you guys living in L.A.? Is that where you? Yeah, at? we live in L.A. Uh, yeah. I live uh, just north of of Hollywood, an area called Calabasas. Very is, cool. Um, I think the Kardashians made famous. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So, dude, how did you? <clears throat> so, th- I'm curious about this. So. A lot of people who come from successful or famous parents, you know, they they don't really find their way because they're kind of always attached to that. And I don't get that sense from you at all. You've you've gone out, you've become your own man, you become very successful doing your own thing. How, so give me kind of like the early years of like how you got into business, became an entrepreneur and all these things. Like, did you always know that's something you were interested in? No, I mean, I think I knew more what I didn't want to do than I knew what I wanted to do. You know, I, did, I knew for a couple of things. One, I wanted to be able to maintain a certain life. I like nice things. Yeah, I me like too. To, you know, I like yeah. um, the lifestyle that my dad afforded, you know, for our family was something that, you know, I appreciate and appreciated and wanted to continue to have. And, you know, my dad is, his parenting style was like, you know, I'm going to have, you'll have a nice roof over your head and all of that, but I'm not going to give you shit. So, mm. you know, you're going to have to go out and figure it out and earn it. Yeah. Um, and you know, so it, it how it thankful for the, of that, how thankful for that are you now? It takes a long time to become thankful yeah. for that. Cause you kind of feel like, you know, um, yeah, you're like, like, come on, dad, you, 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 <laughs> exactly. you could just do that. Like, yeah. you but, know? um, and I think, it, I think for a while, I, which kind of led me into music was I rebelled against it a bit because, yeah. you know, I, I, um, I wanted to be able to say I did this on my, you know, on my own, yeah. which, you know, in, in, uh, in hindsight, I'm, I'm proud of, but it's like, you know, I encourage my kids to use me and use my relationships and, you know, in any way that they can. And I think one of my, um, early, um, internships was with the 76ers and I was, uh, I went into the office one day and um, got a chance to meet who the the kind of the guy who was like in in charge of basketball operations at the time, and um, you know it's kind of talking to you know I guess he felt obligated to talk to me about you know because I was interning like about you know my career and what I wanted to do and I was in I was just um, you know in my junior year in college. And I'm, I'm like, uh, do you mind me asking you a personal question? He's like, sure. I'm like, how much do you make a year? And he's like, I make like 250 grand. And I'm like, yeah, you're the guy around here. Yeah. And it's like, you only make 250 grand. Like, yeah. I don't know that this, like, I think I want to do something that else. Ain't enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Um, I'm trying to make that in a fucking day. <laughs> so yeah. there's a lot of things that led me into, into, um, into music. I always had a love for music and, and was passionate about it, but you know, a lot of it was about, um, you know, knowing that I couldn't go work a regular nine to five job. Like I can't, I'm this this personality type. I'm not, I can't do the same thing over and over every day and, you know, not control my own destiny and kind of have a, a boss that's just telling me what to do and how to do it every day. And And it's funny too, because when you're young and you're like that, a lot of the people around you, and I don't know if this was the case for you, we joked about this earlier, but like the quote unquote badge of an entrepreneur used to mean yeah. that you were sucked in school. You couldn't right. follow directions. You were probably a loser. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was, I was blessed to have, you know, really solid people around me that were, that were working hard also. I mean, one of my best friends, a guy named Troy Carter, who I was partners with for most of, of 
you know, my, my career is still one of my best friends. You know, he was the one who really kind of showed us the way in technology and even in music and really kind of like we kind of talked about briefly earlier. It's like not being what we call homeboy managers, right. which is like, you know, just your homeboy that you just kind of put on that. Yeah. Because because he was your boy. back yeah, in the day. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and I, there's nothing wrong with that. But we got to when you get put in these positions, you got to educate yourself and, you know, learn, you know, how to, you know, how to build beyond, you know, what the talent of your, of, of your, your client. Right. Um, well, plus dude, I mean, to be a really true manager, you have to have your clients in best interest in mind. Yeah. And as we spoke about earlier, there's very few artists that have a forever shelf time. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, we could count them on one hand. Yeah. So, at, you know, part of your job, I think ethically is to look out for their best interests over that, the course yeah, of their life. That, that's how you, that's how we learned the business, right? right? Like we didn't, there wasn't like a book that we could pick and I'm sure for your business and what you guys have done, there's no blueprint for it. And, you know, I, we, you know, we talked about a book earlier that, that I'm going to read that could give me some insight and some direction, but like, there's not, there's no blueprint to, to entrepreneurship. Right. Um, you know, so we had to figure it out. And I think, you know, what, you know, in, in when you're managing a client and, or an artist in their careers, you're, you have a lot of responsibility to them. Right. And I think your our first instinct is to be is to protect them. So, you know, that's how we kind of started to learn our way through the through the business is like, how do we how do we protect this artist? Right. <laughs> you know, how do we right. do deals that are that um are smart? Because as soon as they get going, you got everybody coming out. Yeah. I can do this for you. I can do that for you. When the truth is. Nobody yeah. can do shit for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but it's, it's tough. And you know, and then the, you got to weed through, then you got to weed through the, the things that are real. Yeah. How hard yeah. is that? It's tough. It's, you know, cause it's, especially as you're, as you're getting into it, cause you don't know the real people. Right. Um, as you know, where I sit now, 20 years later, I've got great relationships. I know a lot of, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, there's six degrees of separation between, right. you know, myself and anybody, any opportunity that comes. So it's easy to vet. Um, it's easy to vet folks now, but it certainly wasn't when I was coming in, yeah. you know, when I was getting into the game. I think Jim. that brings up a good point though, man. You know, we always talk about this on the show about being ethical over the course long term. Like you got a lot of you guys right now who are in business, you know, you're trying to make a dollar today and you're not taking into consideration your reputation or your name. Well, if you listen to what Jay just said, what he's saying is basically if right now at the point that he's in, he's going to know if you're good or not by who the fuck knows you and if they have good things to say about you, you know? And, and so, you know, when you are so young and you're hungry and you want to do this and that, You've still got to be very conscious of how you do things because that you can't shake that once you get it. You know, yeah. once you get labeled, uh, you yeah. know, one of those guys that you don't do business with. Guess what? You can't fix it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and for, you burn the people. A lot of people burn the bridges without realizing they're burning them. Yeah. And, and I think it's like people have to and especially early on. And in, 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 in I tell a lot of, you know, young um, executives that I come in contact with is like, Number one, you got to be honest, you yeah. know, and that and that's it's hard to be in in our business, right? And you know, there's a lot of things that people may say about me, but you know, they can never say that I bullshitted them or right. I stole mm-hmm. from them or right. you know, I lied to them. You know, it's I I pride myself on you know just being straight, and sometimes people don't want to hear that and don't want to accept that because it's sometimes it's not always 
you know, wrapped in a, uh, you know, right. in a pretty package yeah. with the bow on top. Dude, it's, but, it's hard to hear the truth sometimes. Yeah. But, but it, you, very rarely is it not the right thing. Hey, James, exactly. before we deliver the truth, too. I was just going to say, before we go on, um, why don't we, because you did this for us earlier before we, we actually hopped on, um, I'd like to orient people exactly to exactly what your world's like. So why don't you like specifically share with the people who are listening, like who you've worked with, who some of your clients are. That yeah. Kind of so thing. For, um, for most of my career, you know, as partners with Troy Carter, we signed, you know, um, we represented a lot of superstars over the years. Um, everyone from Eve and Fat Joe and the Locks, a group called Flowetry from England, um, you know, to... You know, um, in 07, my partner signed Lady Gaga, who quickly became one of the biggest artists in the world. Um, you know, we represented Tyga and, you know, a bunch of others over the years. We signed Megan Trainer and Charlie Puth um, before we, you know, before we uh, shut down the management side of, of, of the business that we were running together. So we've been, I've been blessed enough to work with and around superstars over the years. Nice. And those people have taken us into, you know, those, you know, Nelly, who is um, St. Louis guy, um, who I've been friends with and had a working relationship with since almost 04. Um, and, you know, those, our artists really took us into um, other areas, you know, of, of entertainment, into film, into television, into branding, um, into technology. Um, we started to learn about, you know, technology through a lot of these companies coming to us and saying, how can I use your artists to, you know, market, promote, break our platform. Mm. Um, and my partner, Troy, was for forward thinking enough and smart enough to say, hey, let's figure out how we can create some ownership with some of these companies that we're helping, um, you know, break by delivering them content. Um, so, you know, we, we, our client base has taken us into a lot of different areas and, I think my, you know, my data, no two days are the same for me. You know, we're, we're yeah. putting out different fires every day. We're looking at unique opportunities every day. And, you know, our clients will wake up and say, I want to do X, Y, and Z. And our responsibility and our job is to figure it out. Mm. Um, and then about a year ago, I launched a, um, a distribution venture called Human Resources, which, um, you know, I took the... Um, you know, in terms of music consumption and how it's happening now, the uh, kids are consuming music in a different way. Like, you know, there was a time in which um, for us, because we're probably, I'm just assuming we're right. probably the oldest in the room. Yeah. Um, yeah. We were, you know, we were listening to CDs and our parents were looking at us like, who's going to fucking listen to yeah. <laughs> yeah. CDs? Like, we yeah. listen to tapes. Like, <clears throat> it's right. not, you know, and, and um, I feel like there's a shift happening with the young kids as well. It was like, you know, we when I when I saw um, and was introduced to Spotify, I was like, "Oh shit! I don't have to carry my CDs anymore. I have a whole music library right here." Like, okay, I get, I kind of get this. This works, um, but I didn't know that it was going to transition, and these platforms were going to transition how music is consumed by young people. Um, but the kids don't. You know, they don't. My kids don't get in the car and turn on the radio. You know, they they connect to aux or bluetooth and they you know they listen to streaming platforms um so we launched a distribution venture that's primarily focused on digital music consumption digital marketing and digital strategy and we 
took the major label deals that they had that they've given us over the years and we kind of flipped them on their head right so like you know when you go do a traditional label deal you're signing up for four or five albums they want a piece of your you know 360 financially which means that they participate in touring and merch and branding and all of these other revenue streams um and they own your mat and they own your masters we took that and kind of flipped it on its head and said look we're going to primarily focused on digital distribution, which, you know, our cost of entry and our, you know, our overhead and what we have to spend to market, promote and break access is significantly less than what these major labels are doing. Um, and we can offer you a different kind of deal. And we'll take a distribution fee. You'll maintain ownership of your masters. Um, we won't participate in 360 and all of these other things. And we'll also do things on a project by project basis. Um, and it's really working well and it fits with like, you know, when you look at the success of like Chance the Rapper and, you know, some of these other artists that have had um, independent success on a very, very, very high level. Um, it's become the goalpost for a lot of these young artists um, where they're looking at like, hey, I want to keep more for myself. Yeah. And because I have the tools available to me to, to make the brand. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, the kids are they're creating music in their bedrooms. Because back in the day, I mean, dude. A lot of the people who listen to this, you know, they're young. They don't really remember what it was like before we have right. social media, YouTube, mm -hmm. all the shit. And so now, you know, back 20 years ago to become a real artist, you had to have the big label. Yeah. Now you don't need it because you got the tools to make it yourself. Yep. And you, you had to go in a proper studio to make right. a record. You know, you couldn't make a record on your computer yeah. back then. Yeah. Um, so now these kids, they don't need... Um, the ability to succeed and the tools are so so much more exactly. available. The same yeah. thing as writing a book too. Like you don't need a major publisher now or this. Right. It's it goes with everything. Yeah. And right. I, and I think it speaks to, you know, very much in in on brand with your show is like it's entrepreneurship. Right. I mean, these young artists, they're entrepreneurs. They're right. building their own brands. Right. They're being um they're self-contained um and they're taking the the initiative to you know, to to move their their brands and their projects forward without having to wait on a major label. It's a cool time, dude, because you don't need like you don't need the approval of anybody of else. Yeah. And you don't need someone to come say, "Hey, you're good enough to do this." You know what you need to do? You just need to go learn learn the tools and do the shit till you get good. Because yeah. none of these dudes and and you can test to this. And maybe I'm wrong, but I would bet that, you know, these guys who you signed over your career that you represented, they were doing music for 20 fucking years before you even got, got into them. You know, they're practicing, they're doing the work and, and that shit, nobody picks up a microphone or whatever the fuck you're trying to do. And it's just great from the right. first day. You know what I mean? I mean, dude, you look look up YouTube videos of Bieber, dude, when he was a little kid. Right. <laughs> or, or Ed Sheeran or any of those guys. I mean, right. they were grassroots moving it through it. I, I would say anything. If you look at the kids now, they're more serial entrepreneurial because they have to pound the pavement. Like, they're producing new social, songs, uh, social content. Right. Yeah, they got to get on YouTube. They got to go on Instagram. They got to go on Facebook. I mean, they have to- It's cool, though. Like, dude, it's cool because, dude, we're getting a view of like, because like, dude, back, you know- it's just I don't know. I appreciate the process now because you get you get to see these people becoming stars versus all of a sudden you're just having to take what the record companies give us. Well, and the record company would make or break you right in that sense. Before they would either allow you to be famous or not allow you to be famous because they owned you. Well, now that's why you they can't can take stop all your these shit. kids. Well, yeah, and they can't stop them. You know what I mean? And they 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 kind of would make you what they want you to of course be, right because yeah. like yeah. until you deliver them the record that they feel like is. Right. You know, that yeah. hit record for radio or whatever, 
you would just kind of in limbo. But now it's like they don't get to control that. The right. kid, you know, the, and so the, the creativity of, of the artist is much more authentic. Exactly. Well, we, yeah. we yeah. spoke about this earlier, but I mean, you think about Lady Gaga, right? Radio station doesn't oh, want to play tell, her shit. Yeah, tell that story that we were talking about. Like we were talking about, like, like the radio wouldn't play, wouldn't like they wouldn't play her shit. Yeah. So you know, and Troy was the Troy was the visionary behind Gaga, and he was the one who who um who really moved all of you know in conjunction with her and and yeah. and, and Vincent Herbert, who was the guy who kind of you know on the you know who was the music guy behind all of it. Um, you know, but they, they looked at, um, these, these records, uh, just dance, which was like one of the first big breakout hits from Gaga and radio wouldn't play it. And it was around the time where, you know, um, Twitter, Twitter and Facebook and all of these kind of social platforms were becoming more, more, more popular. And they used these social platforms to, create a connection with her and, and, and fans directly, not just in, you know, so she was one of the first people to transition from being controlled by the record label to directly contributing to, and creating to, a movement behind her, cre creating yeah. a direct relationship yeah. and leveraging social platforms to, to, you know, to affect radio who, yeah. you know, force them to play it, force them to play yeah. it. Yeah. And it's like, and, and, cool. and, you know, it was really smart in, in their approach to, you know, um, to marketing it and promoting it. And, and the other thing is like, she wasn't just talking to people in California or, you know, wherever she was physically at, she was talking to people around the world right. through the internet. Right. Um, and you know, that hadn't really been done on that level previously. Yeah. And at um, the time it was free. You yeah, know what I mean? They were yeah. smart. They got in there and they pounded it and it springboarded everything right. they had. Right. Yeah. So you I want to get something straight here though. Sure. We had CDs too. Like, I don't know how old you think I am. <laughs> I, like I remember it was like an upgrade from the three second skip to the 10 second skip. You right. had a 10 second skip fucking disc, man. You were the shit. Do you have a visor in your car? Well, yeah. Not, not, I, I yellow, do you remember like the sport disc one that was yellow yeah. and the headphones went around the head? I'd still wear them fucking no, headphones. You, you might have had, you might have had CDs, but I had, I had mixtapes and eight tracks. Bro, we, we, we used to download that. Dude, you know, record off the radio. I still have a car that has fucking eight track in it. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. My first cassette was Big Willie style. <laughs> I'm <True> surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised you don't have it. You know, today, like you know, digitally plus on CD, poster in your house. Right, right. <laughs> so I, what I'm interested to, to know is that with your experience in the music industry, obviously that it's just a richly creative, very you know, all sorts of different types of people, good, bad, ugly. You've we talk about the the importance of core values a lot on the podcast. And I guess my question is in that industry where you, you have to keep your, your sort of bearings about you and not get completely, you know, blown and, and, and pulled away by the everything. Part is the, 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 the part is you want to get blown, bro. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like you, you, talking about you got blown. Morally yeah. blown. Yeah. No, I'm but confused. You, you, no, in other words, you want to you want to keep your bearings about you, and, and and like you were saying, you want people to to respect you and 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 keep your integrity over twenty some years. But you also have to evolve and adapt and adjust and, and innovate. So what are some of the core values that have guided you in your success to where you've been able to, you know, basically persevere while others have come and gone, but also change with the times? Like what are some of the, your core values that have guided you? I mean, you know, 
I'm, I believe in God, you yeah. know, so that's, you know, I feel like I've, I've prayed for the things that I wanted, um, in life. Um, and I worked really hard. Um, yeah, I put the hours in, um, and I think the, you know, the most important thing that I would encourage, you know, your young entrepreneurs and, um, and listeners to, to do is, you know, I surrounded myself with people that were like-minded. I feel like, you know, I'm a firm believer that you're a makeup of the six people that you spend the most of your time with. Um, and I've got really solid friends, you know, that are, you know, on the same page that I'm on, that are, you know, that work hard, that have integrity, um, that are smart, that educate themselves, that are supportive, um, you know, cause there's times in which, um, you know, I'm, I'm down or I need, you know, support and my friends are there for me and I'm there for them when they need it. Um, and, you know, and I've seen what, um, you know, there's a few of our peers that have taken their lives and I've seen what, you know, I've never kind of contemplated, you know, suicide or anything like that, but I can see how, um, I can see, what the thought process could have potentially been, um, because of the pressures of, of our space. And, you know, what I pride myself on, whether, you know, I haven't signed the biggest acts in the world or, you know, been the most successful, but I'm still here 20 years later and still in it, you know, and, you Not know, only so, are you in it, man, you're, you're doing progressive shit and you're looking to grow and get bigger. But know? see, I think the, the, the challenge for us is like, see the, these supplements and stuff, they don't talk back to you, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, these, these artists talk back and, and, <laughs> and they, they wake up one day and they're like, you know, entirety, you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and, and I want to go in a different direction and it's right. like, what? what the fuck? Like I yeah. dedicated my life to you, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, right. and we did this, we built this together. And, you know, so I think we have to, and I've been able, you know, and blessed to, to have a couple of, you know, liquidity events where, you know, we, we sold businesses, but I can't hand my kids and my, you know, I don't want my legacy necessarily to be, you know, these artists that we, we managed, right. you know, I, I can't hand that off to them and say, Hey, I'm getting older now. So yeah, but bro, that's where your entrepreneurial skills are going to come in handy. Yeah. And that's, you, you know, know, and that's where we, we, um, I mean, you're still a young man. Like these, like these guys can't see you. So they don't know how old you are, but how like, old are you? Yeah. 44. Yeah. You're fucking baby, dude. 44. You know, we're just getting started. Yeah. You know I mean, I, that's how, that's how I feel. And that's I, how I feel and, too. Yeah. And and it's been, so, you know, this distribution company, some of the things that we're doing, like that I'm doing on the film and television side, um, producing, um, some, you know, doing some things where we can create ownership is, yeah. is what's really important for me and create a platform that like, not only I can use, but you know, my young executive friends, my kids, you know, the, this next generation of, I want to help, you know, I feel like the, this music, the, the landscape is changing a lot and I don't want to sit on my hands until the change happens and oh, then figure out it. where I yeah. sit. I want to fit. I want to be help, you know, a part of making the change yeah. and creating these new platforms. And, you know, our hope is that, you know, this distribution venture becomes, you know, just as viable an option as, Universal or Sony or Warner or any of these other record companies because of how the landscape has changed and because of the types of deals that these artists want to do. Um, so, you know, the, the, the important thing for me is like, how do I get to, you know, a place that you guys have built to and having a, you know, this IP that you've created that is, that, you know, is 
is, is your vision and you're able to, you know, move it how you, how you, how you want to, and you're able to scale your business and build your business how you see fit. You know, some days there's, um, you know, an artist is hungover and doesn't show up for a meeting and yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's on you. So it's like, yeah. you know, so it's like there, there's, there's, um, you know, there, there's, I want to be able to control my own destiny in that way and, yeah. you know, and have some, and have, you know, these, these tangible things that, that live and die with what I'm willing to put into it. Yeah. You know, so dude, let well, me ask you something too. Yeah. You touched on something that I think is extremely important and I know Sal and I truly believe in this. Um, we don't talk about it much, but it just kind of goes unsaid. But you said you're surrounded by great people, okay? In the music industry, I feel like there's um, a lot of people, and not just music, but also like uh, you know movie movie actors and things like that, that end up ruining their career because they're surrounded by the wrong people. How many times have you seen that happen? Ah, I mean, it's it, we've seen that movie so many times, right? You know, and one of the things that you guys will not really even understand how much it you know it affected me is like you guys talking earlier about how you had a fist fight yeah <laughs> like that's real shit you yeah, know yeah. like i you oh, know yeah. i it's the passion you know yeah. and my friends and i like but we're still gonna be friends afterwards yeah, yeah, the yeah. story was sal and i got in a fist fight about two weeks ago uh in the in the office and we were because i didn't tell the story but sal basically sal and i got in a fist fight uh for like a minute over fries. No, it wasn't over fries. <laughs> over but it, fries. it wasn't over anything, really. It was just the point that Jay was making is that it was passion. Right. Like, I was saying my shit, he was saying his shit, and then it turns into a fuck you. Like, no, fuck you, and then you're fighting. But, dude, two seconds later, it's like, all right, yeah. it ain't no thing. And that's because how many of my know, friends we, are. Yeah, right. Like, you might get in a... Dude, my friends are like that, too. Like, everybody here is like that. Like that, and But I, I think the importance of what we're, we're trying to say to these young, these young bucks that are listening right now is that, you know, cause dude, I can, rem I, I talk to these guys, they send me messages shit and they're like, dude, do you really think that it's important? Like I got this one friend, he's this way and this way, but we've been friends forever. I'm like, bro, you got to fucking audit. You got, you got to yeah. edit that and yep. get that out of your life. Yeah. You know, how much do you believe in that? I, I'm, I believe in that wholeheartedly. I, I mean, and not that, you know, I, you know, I'm a firm believer in, I, I, my friends, from a work perspective, my friends that I can work with are are capable. You right. know, I can't put my friends on just because they're my friends. That's right. Right. And some of those people, some of those relationships, I can't invest as much time in because we're just not on the same page. That's right. It doesn't make me not a real dude or. I think it you makes know, you more real. Yeah. Because like, you're being real to yourself and your family, and, and you're being and real to them because by right. saying like, "Look, you got to get your shit your together." Shit. Yeah. yeah. And 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 my friends, the, the where we how we built out our our relationship and our rapport is like we got to be straight with each other, yeah. and that's where it gets Deathly to honest a, man. Yeah, you got it. That's where it gets to a place of like you're ready to fight because yeah. it's like you don't want to some shit you just don't yeah. want and, it's, and it could be simple shit like you you haven't been home in three weeks Yeah, go to fuck home right. you know what I'm saying like or you're your drinking kids, too much or you're, you're drinking too yeah. much or you're doing this or you're yeah. spending too much time yeah. here or there or you know and and having a, a network around you of people that are going to give you real solid direction you gotta you gotta have that right you know because we're not none of us are able to do it on our own and you so know, the next question dude that people ask man they ask they say they say well how do i get that well i think you get it by giving it yeah yeah no yeah. absolutely absolutely and you know i think you when, when you're working towards something you'll find 
you know, you'll connect with people that have a similar right. mindset if you're really putting, dedicating yourself to doing the work. Right. You know, going to because a lot of people have that fe- they have that idea, right? Like, dude, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna try to build something, but then I'm gonna have this, and none of my friends are gonna have that, and we're not gonna be real friends anymore. So I'm not real. I'm I'm being fake to them, motherfucker. Your friends that 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 you're gonna make along the way are gonna be better friends. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're aligned with your core values. Yeah, and they're on the same page as, yeah. as you. You know, and you have the same same goals and agendas. I've been lucky to, you know, my network of friends I've been with for, you know, most of them over over twenty five years. You know, and yeah. they're my real friends. Yeah, and you know, they've all we've we've got a real solid network of of um of people that you know work hard, have success. I mean, and it's just a testament to really putting the work in. Yeah, but I'd be you, willing to bet you lost a few friends along that way and oh, added yeah. a few to the added a few to the mix. Hell yeah! And that's the thing, oh, you yeah. know, like people are afraid to people are afraid to let one or two go to replace with one or two. It's like running a fucking sports team. Bro. It is a sports team. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey man, when a guy gets old, you gotta get rid of him a little yeah. bit. You know what I mean? Maybe Dude, it sounds broke a fucking, leg. it sounds harsh, man. It sounds brutal, but and people have a hard time with it, and I understand it because I do understand. I do because society judges you for like being fake or not being a good friend or not being real. When you make a decision, that means you're going to cut someone out who's been in your life for a long time. But dude, the length of time that someone's in your life shouldn't be the deciding factor on who gets to say and go. Right. It should be who's That's aligning with you at that point in your life the most. Yeah. And I think that problem, I mean, from a from a standpoint, business decisions to me are easy. They're very black and white. Do they benefit the business or not? Yeah. You know, are they going to make our business 10x better or not? Right. Do they move us forward or not? Right. You need to learn to evaluate your personal relationships the same. Right. And that, when you add emotion see, to dude, that, it makes it hard. That, when it's you difficult. say that to someone who they they hear that as like, well, dude, that means you're being you're being selfish. Well, yeah, you have to be selfish with your personal relationships. But you protect them in that same right. You know yeah. what I mean? When you build that. Forward, that and that's what makes the fucking team so tough. Like when you're all on the same page and you're stroking in the right direction, when you're not looking. Well, that's what I meant got, when yeah. I said when I said you got to give it. Like, how do you develop that? Well, you give it first, dude. Yeah, call the motherfucker out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's part of the deal. Yeah. And how you keep them in check and you keep those moral values in place. Because I was, even though the question wasn't answered to me, I was trying to figure out how to put this back into play. You know, what is what is the moral connection or moral advice you could give somebody? Is dude always do the right thing? We we talk about our mom always told us when we were kids. I don't give a fuck how hard it is to get out of your chest or out of your brain. You got to look the dude in his eyes yeah. and tell him the truth because yeah. they yep. need to hear it. You yeah. know what I mean? For sure. and, w- and it creates a bond of trust because- Well, I think when you stop looking at it as something like it's going to be a hard conversation to more like, dude, I'm I'm going to help this person by telling them this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's easier to tell it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I, I would say this is where I, I knew as soon as Jay said this out back, I was like, you know, you kind of have that instant connection. You're like, all right, this we're, He's one our kind of dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would say your industry, the reason you've been super successful in your industry is because probably most managers are trying to figure out how to take most advantage of the situation that they possibly can right. versus yeah. take care of their fucking client the best right. way possible. Yeah, you sure. know what I mean? Like, yeah. And we're in a supplement game. And that's something I admire about what you said earlier too, dude, is that when we were talking before the show that I really thought was cool that you said was uh, when you said like, you know, because I, I, I know how. I know how people are, dude. I've been in business for a long time. Like m- most people are all about taking. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that you said you prided yourself on, um, and I believe you said it maybe earlier in the show too, but I just thought it was cool when you said it, made me respect you a lot right away, was um, when you said like, look, you know, we're going to, 
look out for opportunities for these people for their life, not just for while they're here. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. And dude, that says something about you because that's not really your obligation. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I the tough part cool, about man. it is like, and I'm sure you guys deal with this in your industry as well, is like we're almost conditioned to do the opposite because as managers and lawyers, like, you know, you, you basically make your money off of commissions. Right. So yeah. you're making decisions they're making. And when I say they, you know, I think people that don't have the same moral, you know, kind of composition, I yeah. think they're making decisions based on how much they can I make can commission today. today. Right. Instead of like a long-term strategy right. play. And you got to have real solid, you know, your clients got to have trust in you right. because you got to be able to look them in the eye and say, look, you know, this, this deals for seven figures, but this isn't the right deal. It's not, it doesn't align with you for this reason. It's they're like, right. you're fucking yeah. crazy, Jay. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, cause but right. dude, how many other guys are going to tell you that? Yeah. Well, it's harder to say no sometimes it is. I mean, it's a lot harder to say no than it is. Yeah, say but yes. dude, I, Go also, I do feel like when you're trying to build a brand of any sort, whether it be one of our companies or whether it be one of your artists who is a brand or yep. your own company that yeah. you're, you know, you're yep. building that brand now yep. where you're out in front of it, um, which is, you know, something that's new for you. Yep. Dude, I think it all. I think the, the right decision is always the longer term decision that makes sense long term. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I've never, any time I've ever made a decision based on what I can make today, I fucked myself. Every time, I just stopped doing it. I started looking at it like for real. Like I don't care how much money is involved today. If it doesn't align with what we're doing, then we don't do it. Yeah. Well, it's like farming, man. But it's hard take to care do of that, that soil, dude. It's hard to do that when you're fucking starving. Well, and it's hard to do that when you don't have people around you that that support you. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. if, if, if right. Sal's like, yeah, if yeah. Sal's not being honest, if you're missing something, you're yeah. not seeing something. Yeah. And he is and he doesn't like, have well, the, right. the, you know, the the guts or, you know, the or the relationship to say, yo, yeah, you're bugging like this yeah. is the this is the longer term play. Yeah. You know, it's that's why you got to surround yourself yeah. with the right and people. Dude, that's why we end up in a fist. Fight. Yeah, exactly. Like, dude, we <laughs> might not agree with the direction of how it goes. You know what I mean? Like, dude, we don't agree every time, but you know what? I don't think we've ever made the wrong decision. Right. You know? Well, we've made some wrong ones. <laughs> but <laughs> no, they're a good about, moral compass. I'm talking, no, about, yeah. I'm talking about big plays. Though. No, no, I'm yeah. with you. Like, I mean, yeah, you make, you're going to make a bunch of little mistakes, but like, the, the thing is, is you don't want to make the big ones. Right. Yeah. Right. And steel sharpen, sharpen steel. So like yeah. you guys, you know, kind of having that. And dude, we've other, we have other personalities here in the office too. Like, you know, like Chris, you know, everybody gives Chris shit because he doesn't really say much. But if Chris speaks up, you fucking listen because he doesn't say much. Right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So we have other personalities in the office and we, you know, uh, Jason is probably the smartest motherfucker in here. So if he speaks, we listen. You know what I mean? Um, but it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it's, uh, it is all about surrounding yourself with people that are, that really just have enough courage. And I don't even call it courage because when you're, I mean, I think that's the wrong word. I think the right word is. They have a good enough heart to fucking tell you the truth. Right, exactly. You know, yeah. I always tell people, you know, in a management and leadership situation, you know, people people think you're being mean sometimes when you're telling them the truth. Yeah. They're like, dude, why are you being so mean? I'm not being fucking mean. Being mean would be not telling you what I'm telling you right, right now. Yeah. Or not caring enough to, That's to, right. to, to tell them. Like sometimes being nice is 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 a long-term nice play. You know what I'm saying? Like you might not like it today, but I'm trying to help you out for the rest of your life. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'd like to circle back because you, to your point, you said supplements don't talk, but don't, don't talk back, but, uh, artists do. And I think this is a natural extension of what we're talking about. We talk about leadership on the show all the time. So here's, 
a question. I know a lot of people in an entrepreneur situation, they kind of lament, like, how do you work with, you know, how do you develop like manage the egos type of well, thing? Well, well, I was gonna say a lot of people say, um, how do you how do you deal with somebody who's just not very smart? But then the opposite is true. How do you do that? Andy has this problem. How do you deal with people who are exceptionally talented that you work with? And uh and how did you, you tune your own fucking horn down there? I'm, I'm, I'm too, too, ha- motherfucker. Ha- hashtag sarcasm, but uh, <laughs> but, uh this guy. It took you this a second. It, 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 it took it took you a second to figure it no, out. No, I did it. I, I was actually processing it. <laughs> that was just so. Was that, that, that just really go down? That was just so under the radar. That I was like, oh, is this really fucking happening? It was smooth. Uh, no, but it, no, no, but in all seriousness, you, you, I Steve mean, Vaughan, that, you have learned something from me. I have. You I learned have, how to I, pat yourself on the back without anybody noticing. Exactly. No, but um. No, but it, it is. In all seriousness, it's a huge. I just, I'm, I'm, just got finished reading a huge biography on John Wooden. He was saying that what, everybody thinks have, having no talent on a team is a problem. He said the exact opposite is also very difficult. It's when you're just completely loaded with talent. So, how have you developed leadership skills in dealing with just exceptionally talented, creative, and probably very opinionated people? What have you learned about yeah, the proper I, way to, to maybe influence those people? It's a lot of it is patience, you know, and being, um, you know, it's when you think about what my what what our gift is, is is, you know, our our business acumen, our, you know, ability, ability to create strategy, you know, our our work ethic, all of those things like there. A lot of these artists, their gift is different. Right. And they're what they're kind of striving towards is a little bit different. These are people that can get up on a you know, a stage in front of thousands of people and, you know, and receive, uh, you know, their applause and, you know, and their gratitude and that kind of payoff in that way. I don't know what the fuck I would do if I was standing in front of 20,000 people. <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, so their makeup and they're wired a bit differently. And I think we have to, as managers, we have to, you know, kind of be patient and take a step back and understand you know, the, what we're, what we're dealing with. Right. So like, you know, if you're, and you have to understand it, you have to live it. And that's why it's disappointing when, you know, things don't work out and artists go their separate ways is because in order for us to do management in a real way, we have to be all the way in it. We got to live it. We got to breathe it. We got to know what it is that we're selling. And, you know, you're not going to go support these supplements that you haven't tried or, you know, you don't know the ingredients or you're not, you know, intimately connected to to what's there. You have to learn it in that way. So I think you got to learn your your, you know, your your brand that you're building and selling. You got to know it inside and out. So like and you really need to understand. You got to understand with. it. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and understand who you're dealing with. And everybody and the, the, the challenge in our space is that, you know, John Doe and Jane Doe are very different in terms of, and I don't mean it in a male female way, but I mean it just in terms of like every artist is different. Their makeup is different. There's a lot to know. Yeah. How right. they, what they, how they expect things done, how they want to communicate with you, the types of things that they want to do or they don't want to do, what they're strong at, what they're not strong at. Like you gotta, it's, they're all You gotta very know different. it down or what day, you know, so-and-so's in a bad mood and what mm-hmm. day they're not going to be in a bad mood. Yeah. Or what's you know? their motivation? I think, I, like I think, why they do what I they do. I think another thing yeah. to add, and I, I, I think I picked this up from Jay, um, I, and I don't think he would say this about himself, and I just, if I'm wrong, you tell me, but, uh, dude, I think humility is a huge deal. You, you're, I could tell you're a very humble dude, and I think being a leader, 
a lot of people think being a CEO and being a leader is being loud and, and boisterous and barking orders and shit like that. It really isn't that at all. Really what it is, it's being humble enough to know what the fuck you don't know and being able to recognize what the best idea is no matter whose it is. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if it comes 100%. from me. I don't have to have all the answers. You don't. I do. Do you really care if you have the right answer? I. I you by just the way, want the right answer. Most of the times, I don't have the right that's answer. Right. So it's like I. I <laughs> that's why you ask. Yeah. You surround yourself with good yeah. people. You and surround so, yourself with good so people. So, dude, that's a big trait that people mm-hmm. don't really understand about humility and what. Like people say, "Oh, humble." Well, Andy, you're not humble because you drive fucking Lambos. No, motherfucker, it has nothing to do with it. I know what I don't know and I respect their expertise and that person's expertise and that knowledge and this knowledge. And my job as the guy who's supposed to make the decision is to take this part and that part and this part and put them all together yeah. and throw the fucking shit out there and hopefully it works. Yeah. And you, you got to support your team. Yeah, you know, right. that, Cause that's, that's as much as being a leader as, as anything yeah. is supporting, you know, there's artists that, especially with this new distribution venture that, you know, I call my, my team that I'm building, with around that I call them the kids and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way but like they're fucking 17 to 25 years old yeah and I bet they're they're smart as fuck too they're kind of kids to me you know and they, they, they the stuff that we've had success with to date isn't stuff that I would necessarily hear and be like yo this is it yeah you know they're telling me not nah, this is this is a go and i'm yeah. like it's a go really yeah. like <laughs> but all right you know if that, if, you know if you guys you know if, if i'm gonna support it yeah Dude, so you'll i get a kick of this I, I walk in the back and you know they're always playing it's like rotation of music some days they play classic rock some days it's hip-hop some days it's new age pop or new mm-hmm. rap and I always just walk back and I always just ask, is this Drake? Right, yeah. yeah exactly. Exactly. I have no idea. All of it. Every, no matter what genre, it's like, is this Drake? It's okay. all got that same little beat to me, you know? Yeah. Like, whenever, so, you know, like Tupac and Biggie was dude, like so I, uniquely different. I never different. started to feel f- fucking old until like the last couple years, like listening to those guys in the warehouse, the shit they listen to. Like, I, I seriously I walk out and like, I started listening to some of it. Like, you, you have G-Eazy. <laughs> Yeah, like I started yeah. listening to G-Eazy. I like G-Eazy. Yep. I'm like, this This sounds like rap to me. You know what I'm saying? Logic sounds like rap to me. Like, some of this other shit out there, it don't fucking sound like nothing. <laughs> and it's like the most popular shit I've ever fucking seen. It all sounds the same to me. That's the whole joke. Like, That's because you like, ain't listening to it. Like, but your, I, your, your parents probably said that at some point. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I had you're such reflection yeah, of my yeah, dad yeah. in that sense, you know, but it's like, it, it paints that perspective, yeah. just like you were saying earlier about your parents. Yeah, but you know, you know what tapes sucks to CDs. is that we're now we're the fucking we're the fucking old heads. Fuck. Yeah, we're the old heads. Yeah. And you got like you said, you gotta you gotta so you have to be humble. To them, dude. Otherwise, to the shit you put out will, will yeah, suck. Right. Yeah. yeah, and I see, I've seen it. I've seen some executives that are so. Um, caught up in their own hype yeah. that they can't because like, they always made that right yeah, call yeah and right. it's like you can't you can't you know, ride the, the, it's, you can't it's, ride it's, the pass man it's the sports analogy like yeah. I'm a, I can help you understand how to go out and get 20 and 10 but I can't go get 20 and I can't yeah. you know I can't right. go be LeBron James today I gotta be Pat Riley or yeah. you know I gotta put myself in a different yeah, but I seat. think that's the thing a lot of people don't even realize this and this is something that, that I've seen because we've been doing it um, for, for a long time now, or what, what people would consider a long time. I don't feel like it's been a long time. But um, this is something for some of you guys who are listening right now who have found some success. You know, just because you made the right calls last year and the year before that and the year before that doesn't mean that your calls you're making right now are the right, right ones. And a lot, I call it the Midas touch, man. People think that they got the Midas touch. That's why you see people make money. And they make, let's say they make fucking a hundred million bucks, 
but then they they've never and they've never been in the restaurant game before. So what do they go do? I'm going to be a restaurant guy. Right, and they go right. pour 50 million yeah, bucks into yeah. a fucking restaurant yep. and they get slaughtered. Yeah. You don't know about restaurants. So why the fuck are you doing restaurants? My dad talked me out of a restaurant probably 30 times over. And I keep going back to him. Like, no, I'm, him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, I got a new idea. A new yeah. concept. He's it's like, it's not no. a restaurant, is it? Yeah. No, it's, it's like, it's not happening. I got I'm not doing it. I think I have a great lesson for the young entrepreneur here because as you know, as my career has progressed, leading there's only one way to lead and it's by example, right? But understanding how to create leaders underneath you is a real, it was a struggle for me because I, I'm a, I can control. Dude, I think that's one of the hardest parts. Controlling of, the of process. Being, being a CEO slash president slash whatever you want to say, shot caller in the business is duplicating the leadership ability. Well, and, and you think, look at Jay's, his business model and you start talking about trusting the process, but you have to learn to build these guys and gals into people of character and, and, and learn to think like you and, and let them fail and let them swim and let them go out on their own and then try to teach them to reel them in. And it's a long, it's a hard thing to let somebody go fail on their own. It's a hard thing to lead and teach those people like, Hey, listen, all right, I think you should go this way, but if you think that's the decision, yeah, because then dude, you most fucking people, go. Yeah. Cause most people can't learn by any other way than experience. And that's okay. Like, Fire's you're, hot. You stick a finger right. in that motherfucker, you know? Yeah. You got touched a couple but times. Think about Jay's business, man. He's got these 17 to 25 year old kids and kind of shit out of luck you better say hey i gotta trust you a lot yeah, yeah. you know what i mean no, like absolutely. a lot yeah. there's yeah. actual <laughs> other aspects to that too is that when you have a young leader somebody who's have responsibility to make a decision and they fuck up dude these it, those kids take it hard man yeah. you know what i'm saying then you got to become the you got to become the guy who's building them back up but you want the guy you want the people that are going to take it hard you know oh, it's oh, like yeah. it's like you know no, but i'm saying there's like a dad aspect to it too right yeah, right? Absolutely. Like, oh, yeah like, absolutely dude i've had guys in my companies fuck shit up it cost me a lot of fucking money yeah and they're like dude i'll understand if you want to fire me it's like bro if i fire you <laughs> i'm gonna bring the next motherfucker in he's gonna make the same, same mistake yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's gonna lose 100 let's learn from exactly. this and move yeah. forward exactly but I, that's a hard piece to develop you know what i mean yeah. because you're you know it's the wrong decision or you, know, you think it's the wrong decision it could end up being the right decision right but you like push him out into the water and you're like, fuck, I hope he can swim. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's just a, it's a good learning lesson. I think for the young guy, when you're trying to breed, cause everybody always asks, how do you get so many good guys? Well, you got to fucking breed them. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like you got to fucking build them, man. Yeah. And you build them through mistakes and some, you know, wins too. I mean, you learn a lot from fucking winning, but you got to let them swim. You got to, you know, and let go of the process, stop choking them out because eventually they're going to go somewhere where they can't swim. Yeah. And you got to be, you got to be there for them when they, when they bump their head. Yeah, yeah, know, and and like you want the ones that are passionate about oh, it, yeah, and you want the ones that can bump their head a lot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> bump your head again. Exactly. You know, you don't want him. You don't want the guy that keeps bumping his head on the same bump though. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New bumps, new bumps, yeah, all yeah, over yeah, the head. Yeah, yeah. All right, so nerd insight here for a second. If you go back, if like if you go to Wikipedia and you look at all, at all the uh, the historical records of the of the um, the head coaching records of of different coaches, if you look back at like you know, the 70s, the 60s, the 50s, something you'll see is that in in a ton of cases, guys that ended up being Hall of Fame, like titans of coaching, their first eight to 10 years, they had pretty bad records. And what I think is interesting is that really can't happen now. And so if you're an AD, you could be firing somebody who maybe if you give him a couple that's, more that's that's how every champion is built bro yeah in any space in any sport but do you agree that, business, that there's no tolerance for that it anymore doesn't, no there wasn't then either the, the the you'll see guys who fucking lose 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 they lose here they lose there they lose here they lose there and then all of a sudden they're fucking great dude i was looking at this uh 
I was looking at a, um, uh, fuck, I forget. I was looking at something on Wikipedia about, uh, Jerome Bettis. Yeah. Uh, I saw when Jerome Bettis played his first three years with the Rams. Right. All right. He played from 93, 95 with the Rams. They drafted Lawrence Phillips, who was a total bust. Right. All right. And they traded Bettis the day they drafted Phillips, the day they drafted him. All right. Phillips ended up committing suicide in prison, fucking did all kinds of shit. Bettis goes on to be a Hall of Famer. Right. You get what I'm saying? Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. 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 The bus, dude. Yeah. 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 Fuck. I mean, (laughs) Pittsburgh. He's fucking dude a bus. You mean Pittsburgh? (laughs) The first 265 tailback. Dude, he's 260 fucking pounds of twisted steel and fucking roast beef. (laughs) He's a good bowler. Fun fact. You know that? Dude, guys like that are good at everything. Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching him at Notre Dame. We're getting off the subject, but yeah, fuck, yeah. he was a stud at Notre Dame. I mean, if I was on, the, on the same right, Lawrence Phillips was a fucking stud in Nebraska. Yeah, he was. <laughs> I mean, right. a little bit goofy in the head, but he could run Clearly. a fucking football. Yeah. But I mean, at the same, I mean, going to your sports analogy, and, and um, there's a, a specific Packers team, and I don't know exactly which year, but it was in the mid-90s, 99, 98, 99, when they went to the Super Bowl. On that coaching staff, there was at one point in time, there was eight of nine guys were head coaches in the league. Shanahan, Holmgren. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Andy Reid. Before yeah. that. Uh, um, yeah, before, who's who's before, the fucking quarterback analysis? Drew Gruden. Yeah, but yeah. before that, they were all, um, it was the Niners. The Niners bred yeah. all those guys. Yeah. Dude, look, man, you can't learn to win without lear- learning Fuck to no. lose first. Right. You know? And like, dude, the truth is, is like, I, I've met very few people who are just, who are just lifetime winners at everything they fucking did. And if they were, they were super hard workers. Okay. Like for me, Steve Vaughn, he just talked about me. It was amazing. No, exactly. mo- most of the people, <laughs> <laughs> most of the people I know that, that, that have, be- that are consistently successful, you have to lose for a long time because here's the thing. And, and it's not for what you think. There's all there, the first part of it is, yeah, you got to get your brains beat in and learn how not to do everything to then learn how to do stuff. That That's what most people think. But the reason that most people become champion fucking lifetime winners is because they went through that time where it was so bad. And when they start winning, they never want to go back. So they keep their sharp, their, their sword sharp. They keep their foot on the fucking gas and they don't ever take a playoff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. People who get success quick, people who win early, they think that winning is easy. That's why, like, you see so many people who are young and they they have a company at 24, 25 years old and they do something and they make, you know, half a million bucks or a million bucks and they're like, holy fuck, dude, this is easy. And then what happens to them? They fucking lose. Right. And they get their brains beat in. Yeah, one hit wonders. Yeah. And dude, that's why, you know, to, you, you have to, dude, I can tell you right now, people ask me all the time, they're like, Dude, when are you going to retire? You could retire. Yeah, I could fucking retire. I'd never work a day in my life again. You know how boring that would be? First of all, I would hate it. Second of all, dude, I don't feel like I've done anything yet because I was so broke for so fucking long that I like I don't want to go back to that. Like I'm terrified of it. No, it's like PTSD of being it's funny we were talking earlier about when I sold my first business, I thought it was I had enough to retire. Yeah. And you know, you wake up a few years later and it's like, shit, I I'm fucked up. Yeah. Like, I don't have no money. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. it's like, and yeah. you thought you could, re- you know, you had yeah. made enough to retire. Who's stealing from like, me? Yeah, exactly. And then you <laughs> start you blaming know, business that's another point and- to bring up around surrounding yourself with people that are, that are further down the road with you. Like, I like to personally be around people and spend time with people who are 10 to 15 years further from where I am. 
because like, dude, their version of success and my version of success is so different. So it makes me want to level up. You know what I mean? Like, dude, I think being able to keep that hunger over the course of 50 years, that's what makes people great. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like, it's not this thing of like, you know, oh, this person was uh, gifted or this or that. I think really, truly, it comes down to somebody realizing that they ain't fucking shit and that they've got more work to do. You know, the minute you start thinking you've got it made and you've got the money you need and you got this and that and this, people stop working. And what happens if you stop working? You fucking lose. I told the guys on Monday in our Monday morning meeting, I said, you're like a tree. Your life is just like a tree. You're either growing or you're dying. At one point in time, that tree stops growing and the motherfucker starts dying. You better keep growing. You stay on the gas, you keep moving, you just dude, keep fucking throttle in. People tell me, they're like, dude, Andy, how much do you need to this and that? It's not about that. It's not what it's about. You're either growing or dying. Yeah, it's about <laughs> keeping going. And dude, you know what hap- You know what would happen to me if I fucking quit? I do. What? Do. You spend all your money. <laughs> no, not only that. You I hope that there was more uh, Pacific no, Rim not only movies that, coming out. I saw the second one. Did you? Yeah, it was decent. Yeah. So... No, but I would drink myself to death. I would yeah, fucking no. drink every single fucking day. I would be 500 fucking pounds <laughs> at least. And I'd be miserable. So I have to keep going or I'll die. Yeah. You know, that's truth. I'd yeah. break up with my old lady. I would certainly drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I wouldn't know what to do. Well, that's <laughs> the whole point. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. What it would ruin my life. Yeah. I yeah. wouldn't know what to do. So yeah, dude, I don't know. Like, I just think that like, I think that being able to figure out and put yourself in places to maintain that hunger and that drive is like crucial, man. And like, dude, you can do that a number of different ways. You can, you can, you can hang out with people who are more successful than you. You know what I'm saying? You can stay extremely humble, no matter how much money you have, realize that you have shit. Okay. You can think about the, the, the lack of significance of your life. What's your life really mean? Oh, you made some money. What's that mean? Right. Well, I was going to actually spin that on you. I was going to, because you said earlier, my legacy is going to be this. And I, I also said this Monday at, at the meeting, you know, like I'm at that weird transition. And I think you'll relate to this in, in, in dad land. Like I'm at that weird transition where you, you never stop. Like I'm wired to win. Like I want to win. I love the question. Andrew asked this question every once in a while on his page. Do you hate to lose or do you love to win? Like, what is the fucking thing? And like, I always, most of the time I don't even vote on the motherfucker. Cause I don't know where I stand. Cause I hate right, to lose right. so fucking bad. But man, I love the taste of winning. You know what I mean? Like I fucking yeah, love the taste of winning. Yeah, but if you hate to winning. lose, the win will be there. But you love the taste of winning, then That's you understand you'll win at all costs. You know I'm what I mean? Saying. So it's kind of like, where do you sit? I'm a hate but, to lose, motherfucker. Like, dude, I will fucking cut my own fucking face off to fucking win. I don't care what I got to do to win. But 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 like, dude. But that's my point. Is like, if you hate to lose enough, you're gonna win. Yeah, but you do know? you cut your face off because you love to win, or you hate to lose? I would fuck. I would cut my face off to fucking beat you. <laughs> you better start cutting. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Let me get out there. <laughs> no, I, just, but, I just love the line in uh, the office that Andy says. That's this is my motto. He says, he says Andrew Bernard does not lose. He wins all contests, and those he loses, he quits because they're unfair. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna make a political joke there, but we'll stay out of that. It um, no, but my, you know my legacy, and I, I've had kind of had this you know dad transversion in that sense where. I care more about people. What people will tell my kids when I'm dead, right. and how my kids live. And, and I say this to well, my that's guys. Right. That's that's what I'm trying to say, though. No, like, no, I understand. Like what I'm saying is, is when you think about what your life really means and what your impact really has been. Like for me, like dude, if I were to die today, 
I would have made some money, but what did I really fucking do? Oh, I did a couple things. I helped a lot of people change their lives. I created a lot of jobs for people, but I mean, that's not enough. It's still in this, it's so, it's so small that it really doesn't matter. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what so I was like. That, that motivates me. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck dude, I want to do more. Well, and I was telling those guys on, you know, or the, the guys and girls where we have a Monday morning company wide meeting every Monday and and I told him, come hell or high water, like that that's what matters most to me. And I learned to live that way and make decisions based off of, of that process. Because I know if I can make these men and women better people, better overall individuals, empower them, make their lives better, allow them to succeed, what are they going to tell my kids when I'm fucking dead? Right, because yeah. now I'm like instilling values. Say, and, that man made a huge, tremendous impact in my life. And, and so when you start leading that way, by example, in right. that sense... Good shit just starts but dude, to happen. But it's not even just leading that way. It's living your life that way. Of course. But yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Like, you know, you... you, you, you and you're going to make mistakes along the way. Yeah. You know, it's like, I think something I think something that people struggle with too, man, is when they do fuck up and they make a mistake, they have a hard time forgiving themselves. You know, they have a hard time like saying, hey, I, I fucked up and it's okay because everybody fucks up. Dude, the, fun, the best part is like, and, and that's a, that's a, that's a char- character building process. One nope. thing I've learned now is I just admit when I'm wrong right out of the gate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it takes off all the shit. Yeah, it's like, yeah. whose fault is it? My fault. Yeah. I'll sit on that shit. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. it's like, Psst. so, all dude, right, what's next? <laughs> so, um, if you have one thing to say to, and I know this, I hate these questions when people ask me, but if you have one thing to say to like a young entrepreneur, because we have a lot of people who are interested in music to listen to this podcast a lot. Um, because a lot of them make music for us and send it to us. If you had a, if you had a piece of advice or a piece of, um, you know, wisdom that you could share w- with all your experience in this industry for guys that are trying to do it now, what would that be? It's funny you ask that because I've been kind of battling with that because my son is into into music. It's Seventeen, right? Yeah, yeah. and um, that's the last thing I wanted him to do. Yeah, um, and for a lot of reasons, and um. And, you know, what, but what I've watched him do and what allowed me to support him, um, being in music is I watched the sacrifices that he made. Right. Um, you know, and what I would encourage if there was one thing that I could tell, you know, young people to do, um, to try to, you know, break into this space, you gotta, you know, it would be make sacrifices and work hard. Um, and you know, you know, at the end of the day, you know, this space really boils back down to music, right? Like these platforms that we create these, you know, you know, new music consumption and all of these changes and all of this shit is like, at the end of the day, it's going to boil back down to good music. Which is going to come down to doing the work, Yeah, doing the work, putting the work in. And, And for my son who, you know, who doesn't go to this, parties on the weekends, doesn't, you know, sacrifices hanging out with his friends, you know, he's either, he just graduated, but from high school, but when he was in school, he was either in school or in the studio. Yeah. Nowhere else. Yeah. You know, he's not, that's what it takes. Yeah. And he's not hard to find because he's, you know, and, you know, so, and, and it wasn't, it's something that I feel like I hope that I instilled in him, but, you know, just more from watching versus, you know, because that's how I have to live my life, right? Yeah. I'm either working or I'm, or I'm with my kids and my family. Right. And I've missed a lot. I've missed birthdays. I've missed weddings. I've missed, you know, parties. Yeah. I've missed, you know, person, things that I like to do personally. Um, I've sacrificed a lot to, to, to be able to have the lifestyle that we, you know, that my family has. So I'm hoping my son, 
you know, I'd like to take a little bit of credit yeah, for it. You know, like he's recognizing yeah, it. Yeah, he's like he's saying yeah. that, but like he makes he makes the sacrifices. And you know, some of these Nobody young, can pay those dues for you, man. You can't. Yeah. You can't. You can't nobody can pay them for you. And you know, as as many situations as as, you know, folks could potentially put you in, if you haven't you know, there's a book called The Outliers that I encourage young yeah. people to read. Yep. And it's like, it talks about, you know, your 10,000 hours, um, you know, 10 give, years or 10,000 hours. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it's like, until book. you've, until you've put that, that work in, you know, you still got a lot of work to yeah. do, you know? And so, I, and dude, and I think that's, I think it's important because it, <clears throat> this, this concept, it, it transcends every, uh, space. Okay. You are going to have to do the work. And a lot of you guys think that if you meet this person or you connect with this person, this is why I get so pissed off when these young young guys talk about networking. Motherfucker, what the fuck are you networking for? You should be working on your whatever it is that you're supposed to do. Because, dude, if you meet that one person or you make that connection by chance that you think you're going to make and you ain't ready for it, guess what? They're never calling you again, ever, no matter if it's 10 years down the road. You know, so you got to be ready. And that comes from the work. Yeah, you got to put the work in. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing how that concept yeah. transcends all the space, and it feels so simple. But it, it's like in yeah. any in any space in any well, dude, career, I think, I think people are conditioned to look for the shortcut. Like, dude, think of all the marketing that's put out there to talk about the shortcut of the work. Yeah. You know right. what I'm saying? I get like, you that buy, buy this program and you'll be here. Buy this pill and you'll lose a hundred pounds. Right. This, and this is coming from a motherfucker that owns a supplement company. There ain't no fucking pill that's gonna make you lose a hundred pounds without you working your fucking ass off. Is Man, there a six pack I, one though? I made a post about that today. You yeah, either, that was you a good do, post. You either do the work or you don't. Yeah, you either did or you didn't. That's it. And that's it. And ninety percent of the work equals zero percent. That's it. Yeah, you're getting well, the same result. Most of it. If you do ninety percent of the work, you're getting zero percent of the result. Just like if you did nothing. So you might as well just go watch the fucking Walking Dead. You know. Well, dude, thanks for coming in for the no, show. Thanks man. for having me. This yeah. was fun. Yeah, yeah this was great. Yeah, had good a really to meet good time. you guys too. Yeah. So, dude, um, where can the guys find you if they want to follow you, connect with you, like on on uh, social media? Uh, the the new venture that we're really hyper focused on now is human resources. Okay. Um, and it's it's, it's human dash re human dash re dot dash sources dot com. Oh, okay. Um, so that's our website, and uh, we're on Instagram. Cool. Um, and uh. You know, and um, we're responsive. You know, we try to respond to, you know, everybody that reaches out to us. And um, so, yeah. Cool. Make sure you guys are following them and follow along with them. Uh, again, bro, thanks. Appreciate having you on. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Guys, don't forget, if you got some value of the show, which was basically fucking impossible not to, uh, give it a share, tell a friend, uh, and let's get him on the MFCL movement. All right, guys, thank you so much for the support. We'll see you next time.